1: If you have ever struggled with worry or anxiety or negative thoughts in general, then this podcast episode is for you. Now, I don't know exactly who in the world would be able to say that they have not struggled with any of those things. But today we are going to dive in really deep on how to think about what you're thinking about. And instead of letting your emotions control you, how you can control your emotions. And I'm joined today by my friend, my mentor, Jim Porto, who helped me do this during a very difficult season of my life when all I could think about, honestly, was every single thing that could go wrong. And I was already living in my head as if all of the worst case scenarios had happened. And it was a really terrible place to be. In addition to being one of my best friends and one of my favorite people on earth, Jim is also a John Maxwell leadership coach, and he has worked with corporations and businesses and even people on an individual level to help them become the best that they can be. He's a motivational speaker. He's spoken for, gosh, so many things. And he's also on the Marriage Helper team doing amazing work there as well this episode is full of a ton of nuggets of wisdom. So feel free to pause to think of the things that we're talking about, maybe even take notes and write some things down, because you will take away tools and tactics that you can start implementing immediately from listening to my conversation with my dear friend. Jim Porto. A couple of quick notes I wanted you to be aware of as I'm getting started with today's podcast. The first one is thank you for bearing with me during these first several episodes that we've published. The audio for some of them have been a little wonky, because we are I have just been getting started in figuring out the best way to use my microphone. And I was out of my element when I first started recording this podcast, as I began recording it when we were in quarantine for the things that were happening at the beginning of this year in 2020. So thank you for understanding that even though some interviews and episodes my microphone might sound a little weird, we have figured that out. I had Jesse, my producer come and help me and he realized I had the wrong button on on my microphone and I honestly wouldn't have known. But that's what happens when I am stuck in quarantine by myself. I don't know how to actually use technology. But thankfully, I'm surrounded by amazing people who can help make me better. Another quick note is I want to make sure that you know about the Facebook group that we have called hashtag working on my pies, all one word. If you have been listening to this podcast and you're also wanting a community that can help surround that, then go and find that on Facebook. Request to join. There's a couple of questions you have to answer. You might have to wait a couple of days to get approved. But we would love for you to be an encouraging addition to that Facebook group. And be sure to go and follow me on Instagram as well because I am posting things about pies and my pies journey and my family and how we work on our pies all of the time. You can find me on Instagram at Kimberly Beam Holmes, all one word. And I would love for you to join me on my pies journey as I join you on yours. Let's get started with today's episode. Hey, my name is Kimberly Beam Holmes, and this is It Starts With Attraction, where we discuss how to become the most attractive that you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, or as as insiders call it, the pies. You can become more attractive to others and most importantly, to yourself. We will teach you how. Let's dive in. Jim, you know, a couple of years ago, I was going through an extremely difficult time in just in my life in general, but especially in the sense of my thoughts and my fears and my worries. And I just remember coming to you. It was at the um, you were in the town because you hadn't moved here yet. You were in town and I just came to you in the church parking lot after one of our marriage helper workshops. And you asked me how I was doing and I just broke down crying. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. And I was like, I I can't move past these fears cuz to me they were so heavy. It's like I could feel them like a weight on my chest just and they felt real. They felt like a tangible thing that was just there. And and I couldn't move past it. Like I couldn't sleep well. I wasn't eating right. It was affecting absolutely everything in me and my fears at that point in my life were all centered around What we were going through with our adoption, and I just had every fear in the world of how our kids were gonna get taken away from us, or the adoption process was gonna stop, or something was gonna happen, and it was all just gonna fall through the cracks. And every outcome to me was a hundred percent (laughs) likelihood. Like it didn't matter how small it was. To me, it was like it's (laughs) it's gonna happen. And in that parking lot, you know, you hugged me, you prayed with me, but you also encouraged me to just start really taking control of those thoughts. And it wasn't just one thing you said that day, but you really mentored me and were such a good friend to me during that time and helping me do that. But you haven't just done this for me. You've done this for hundreds, if not thousands of people as a coach, as a friend, as a mentor to so many people in your 30 years of leadership and experience. And so I just knew that the audience would benefit from you because I've benefited from you so much. Um, How do you do it? When someone comes to you, like I did, what do you encourage them with in terms of how to take control of their thoughts?
0: Wow. Well, first of all, thanks for saying that. It, it always feels good to hear someone say you did something good in their life because, <laughs> you know, there's plenty of people running around. I'll probably tell you if you did something wrong. But, you know, um, you know, we all struggle in a similar area to a lesser or greater de- degree. And that's that six to eight inches between our, our ears. Um, the mind is extremely powerful in how it looks at things and brings about a vision or a picture of what could come. The struggle about that could is it typically will move from possibility to probability because it's our thought. Um, When I hear someone else say something to me, it's kind of easy to maybe uh, qualify it based on they don't know or they haven't been through. But when my mind speaks to me, it's hard to argue with me um, because I'm the person I hear the most every day. And I'm typically the person I listen to the most every day. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I do. (laughs) And, uh, and and I want to be clear, this isn't really something that I personally have mastered. I think there are some people that are better at it than others. Um, I'm in something called conscious competence when it comes to thought control and and how I view and um, process things. Uh, I have to think about it. Um, and if I think about it and if I do a certain things, I'm 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 a lot more successful in coming around to a mindset or a thought process that, that I lead to where I'm planning to go, whether it's that day, that week, or my, my vision for my life purpose. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does make sense. But when the thoughts seem so overwhelming, how do you even start breaking them down so that you can think about it and assess them? And even in a way that's not emotional, because we can't be logical about our thoughts, can we?
0: No, it's pretty tough. <laughs> They're not even in the same part of the mind. You know, I think if we could treat ourselves like we would treat a good friend, it could help. It could help. Um, I mean, for instance, if we think about the the day in the parking lot, um, as as you had an opportunity to share, um, and you actually took the first step in your own ownership of thoughts by by seizing the opportunity. Hmm. Um, And there are opportunities. I think the first thing we have to look for is opportunities for us to release that which is kind of bouncing around our head. Um, If something is critical to us or something's important to us, uh, it occupies a tremendous amount of of data. On my computer, I have a, um, a little device or a little icon on there that shows how much processing power is being used based on the program's desire I have up. And 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 sometimes I have tons of things up and and while they're up, it's it's a relatively small percentage of processing power. That's with my computer. There are other times where I have uh, uh, other programs that are pulling resources. And then all I want to do is open a picture. Mm -hmm. It's a relatively simple task that we do on our cell phones every day. And three minutes later, it's still processing to open that picture up. Or there are so many things open, it's trying to deal with more than one thing at once. I clicked this too fast. I did that too quick. And so all this stuff's happening, which bottlenecks the ability for the computer to display what you actually want. Um, I think our mind does the same thing. So when you have all these thoughts or tons of things, especially if something's very important, um, then, uh, or if, or if there's a lot of things coming at us to, to be able to close some of those programs, close some of those thoughts, um, by releasing them could be really powerful. You now, we all do that differently. Um, I'm, I'm verbal. You know that you and I've had a great close friendship for, man, 10 years. And, and, um, so I'm verbal. You know that I'll sit with you and sometimes we've had time to sit together and, and I, I start speaking and I'm processing while I right. speak. I have a good friend of mine when, when, when he processes, he's writing. I don't do that way. Um, I'm weird. Cause if I start writing, I'll start preparing a speech or something I need to teach on or something. Right. So, so I think one of the key things is there is you have all these thoughts in your head is you have to take an opportunity to release those thoughts. And if you can release those in writing or release those with a person, um, you're going to start the now. It's just the beginning, but you're going to start the process. You have to close some programs to be able to prioritize and 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 look at that, um, which is is maybe urgent for you, uh, but may not be an emergency for you. So pausing for a minute and doing that could be really important. Now, if you're going to process with a person, though, I would really recommend that you have a conversation with that person first. That that sets both of you up for success. And it may be as simple as, hey Kimberly, I need a couple minutes of your time and I want advice at some point. But right now, I just need to, I just need to empty my mind. So it may not make sense, it may not go. But at the end of this, why don't you just ask me what's the most important thing right now and most urgent thing? And then we could talk about that.
1: That is such a good point and such a valid point because. The other person in my life at that time, a couple of years ago, that I would try and process things with was my husband, who immediately would go into either fix-it mode or logic mode, because he's a very logical person anyway. So for him, he just couldn't connect with me. He would say things like, Kimberly, logically, like, look, that doesn't even make sense. And that wasn't helping me you're Right, because it was like, I, I but you're, you're kind of making it worse because mm-hmm. then I just, then I even feel guilty or stupid yeah. about the thoughts I'm having. Right. So I think that's, and not that you, you know, not that you shouldn't share things with your spouse, but your spouse might not be the person or even your best friend might not be the person.
0: Well, I totally agree with that. You know, you can't separate yourself from the fact that that where you get information will create your perspective. Um, and so uh, it doesn't mean it's bad information. Um, a mentor of mine uh, taught me some time ago. He said the right thing at the wrong time will still give you the wrong result. <laughs> and so you may have really, really good things to offer a person, um, but the timing of it doesn't fit, whether it's the the atmosphere you're in, the environment you're in, um, or are just they're not able to jump out of the part of their mind that's that's emotional. People need to normalize a little bit. They need to come to a place where they can actually think. Remember, there's that piece of your mind that doesn't process. It just takes information and throws it around. That's why, um, you know, in the middle of the night you have a dream. The dreams are uh, – you don't have things in your dream that you haven't seen before. Mm. Um, hmm. Somewhere in your mind there's these – things there. You're not, people say you're being creative or you're not being God creative. God created out of nothing. What you're doing is you're taking a number of things and you're creating in your mind. And because during that dream part of your sleep, um, uh, the reasoning part of the mind isn't filtering any of those. So there is a boogeyman in the closet, no matter how many times I've looked at it. If I'm just in the fantasy area of my mind, Um, And so finding the right time to share or finding the right time to get information would be really important. And it also connects to one other piece, which is if we don't do what we're talking about now, which is take authority over our thoughts or find an opportunity for us to 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 be in control of our thoughts. There's there's so many things in life that we try to control that we will never have control over. We never will. We may have some influence. We may try to manipulate or but but we just won't. But there's one part of us that, that we can have control over if we continue to do things that are right, um, that promote it. And and that's our mind. That's our thoughts. We may not control the initial stimulus or what comes in. Something happens. We have a trigger, a circumstance, an event, and thoughts begin. Those Remember, those are unregulated.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and during those times, you will hear people say, Well, it's clear this is what they meant, or it's obvious this is what they meant. You'll hear them say, well, that's the only way. Uh, You know what I Uh mean? Um, Well, that's because we've moved into tunnel vision. We've moved into a place where we're not really thinking through this rationally or or so forth. So, So the right time, right person is very important when you decide to open up to them. Of course, that's all that's external. Um, is opening up to that to that right person. I'm glad I was there for you, and you've been there for me, and tons of others have as well. Um, I think that the key, though, is how you set yourself up. It really um, it, it, there's an old saying that says if you fa- if you uh, what is it you fail to plan, then you're planning to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in your thoughts it's the same way. Um, what do you think about today? If we looked at today in our current cr- uh, climate, and we have some things happening in the United States right now, and all over the world actually. Um, uh, what do you think the percentage of people are that will tune into their radio or their TV first thing in the morning and watch the news? A lot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it could be 95 percent mm-hmm. of people who have the technology, mm-hmm. right? And and so the f- uh, just about the first thing, unless they've been intentional and done something prior, they click the TV on. It's background noise, but it's really not. It's captivating our attention. And the first thing we, the foundation of our day that we bring in. Is fear, mm-hmm. watch frustration because I can't really do anything about what's going on right
1: mm-hmm. now.
0: Well, I can stay home, but doesn't that feel like just you're not doing anything, right? right? right. Um, I, you know, I'm staying home, you know, uh, and, and so how could we screw this up? We're just going to stay home. Uh, but the but the big thing there is I've just put in my mind and, and watch being unintentional is still intentional because. You chose not to do anything, right? That's and so now I'm putting that junk inside of me. Um, there's no way it's not going to influence mm-hmm. my perspective of things to come. One of the things that 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 I can't get away from is your thoughts. The way you think um, creates your reality, and and I didn't say it was reality because seldom it actually is. Um, but, but if I, if I'm speaking to an executive or a, a mom or a couple, uh, what the first thing you'll begin to notice about them is they are narrating, giving you, uh, a, 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 review, a commentary on whatever their situation is. Their problem is through their eyes mm-hmm. It's through their eyes. And so you and I have a bias every day based on how we begin that day and our past, um, on whether or not that day is going to look good for us or look bad for us. We have that choice
1: based on what we do when we wake up in the morning.
0: Yeah. And, and, and not just that, but I mean, it, it, so, so tomorrow someone says, you know, it's, you know, people get quick on this. And so they said, well, tomorrow I'm going to read a devotional or I'm going to, uh, you know, find something positive. And there's a lot of great apps out there now you could get first thing in the morning. Right. They'll, they'll give you right as you wake up and stuff like that. And, um, but, uh, they do that a day or two and and then they're frustrated because their thoughts haven't changed.
1: <laughs> right it's not working
0: you know we want to, you know we want to throw our brain in a microwave and in 45 seconds it to be good it does not work that way you did not learn to think the way you think overnight so it takes a reprogramming and what i would challenge people to do is you know give this a month mm. but be intentional if if you have to schedule it put it in your schedule Um, If you don't, it won't happen. And everything else that jacks with you and distracts you from your vision, mission, or desire to be positive and influence people in a positive way, everything else will work against that. Mm -hmm. It will pull you away. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So it does start with that. um, that. And there's a number of things that we can do. I think that's helpful. I
1: mean, there also could come a point where you have to not just get rid of things like watching the news in the morning or, you know, unfollowing certain things on Facebook and things like that, but you might have to get rid of people or voices. Would you agree?
0: I absolutely agree. Now, um, you know, you and I work with couples very often and I always have to put an asterisk here because there's somebody that's in a relationship right now that's frustrated. Right. And they're going, my wife or my husband is so negative. I just need to get rid of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I understand that. Um, I, there's, there's exceptions, I think, to most rules. Uh, you know, I think the gray area in life is very helpful if we're careful. Um, and so, so if you're with a, a husband or wife or in a longstanding relationship, uh, something like that, I, I think you want to put more effort into this. Sure. Um, but there's a lot of times that we are with people and around people and, uh, you cannot, um, you cannot rise above, uh, the crowd you surround yourself
1: with. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you just can't, um, because the input that's happening there. So you have to sometimes look at in your life and say, maybe I'm not going to spend as much time with that particular person. I'm not going to watch as much news in the morning. That's <laughs> all negative mm-hmm. or things like that. But maybe I have a limit that time. Now, if it's an important relationship, I would encourage you to have a, a conversation with them. You know, it'd be like, Hey, John Doe, I appreciate our friendship. Nevertheless, when we're together, I feel like um, I struggle with being positive because of how I see your outlook on life. And maybe that's that's just how you are. That's fine. But I'm asking when we're together, how can we be more positive? Um, And if they can't do that, then you may have to make that decision. But what you take in, who's around you will make a big difference in how you think. Guaranteed.
1: Yeah, it will. And those conversations can't be easy either.
0: They're, They're very difficult.
1: Even if it's a family member, a spouse, a friend, it's because they're probably going to feel judged, you know, and they're yeah. not going to break out of that. How do we influence the other people around us to begin to be more positive or at least less negative?
0: <laughs> well, you said something really key a while ago, which is one, one thing you can't just stop something and expect something to repair. You know, um, things break down even if nothing is happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, so stopping something's important. So if you stop it, if you stop doing the things that that bring you towards failure, that's great. But you at some point have to start doing things that move you towards your vision and what you're looking for. And they have to go hand in glove. Um, so if I'm having a conversation with someone um, or, or I'm trying to influence people in that way, um, I, I usually try not to be baited into their narrative of life. Um, so if I'm talking to a friend this morning and they have a habit of being somewhat negative, uh, I used to have a friend that I would text and say, Hey, good morning. How you doing today? And I do about 15 or 20 texts a morning to different people, friends, clients, stuff like that. How are you doing today? I can't recall a a day when they responded. I'm excited about the day this is going to happen every day. I feel like crud. I didn't sleep. Oh gosh, I got this meeting. And I thought to myself, I would want to sleep all the time if that's what I woke up to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and, and so and so, I tried to bring stuff in there. I, hey, I, I understand it's tough. Um, and then try to say, hey, what's some good stuff going on? Or bring something around. A lot of people, our friends, but ourselves included, is we fail to have what um, I had an old minister friend of mine. His name's Marvin T. McCarthy. And uh, when I first started and I was, gosh, I was about 21 years old when I met him forever ago. Uh, But when I met Marvin, he had a lot of little little one liners, you know, and but one of them he would say is um, you need an attitude of gratitude. Um, And so often, I think, especially in nations like the United States and, and some of Europe and Britain and things like that, what you find is because we do have so much. We don't tend to be thankful for that, which we don't, I mean, uh, for, which is simple, which is little, which is good. Um, being cooped up in our house during this kind of thing right now, there's tons of people that are walking around being frustrated mm-hmm. because they can't do out there. Uh, but there's tons of things they can do inside that's different. So I think the attitude of gratitude is important for myself, but also bringing it if we're dealing with someone who's in our life, we may have to uh, influence to not be negative towards us. And that's one of the things I, I try
1: to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you've talked a little bit about how, you know, we see things through a certain narrative based on our past experiences, based on our interactions with different people and things that we do during the day. But one of the things I also love that you talk about is how a lot of times we we react to things in our lives that are events when we don't necessarily have to act on them in the way that they're happening. So an example being I get because I, I know I've vented to you about things like this before too. I get a call from a friend or a family member. They say or did something that has really pissed me off, made me mad, and I want to handle it right then. Yeah. You know, here's what I'm going to do, Jim. And I call you to vent about it, but you end up talking me off a ledge. <laughs> I, I call you for encouragement, which I. I know. Ultimately, you'd go with me to, you know, do anything if I.
0: It would in a minute
1: <laughs> if, if I stood strong on it. But, but you know, so many times I've been like, I'm just going to call this person and tell them how I feel, because my thought is just so wrapped up around that. Uh, this is what mm-hmm. I need to do to fix this situation, so I won't have this thought anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And more times than not, you ask me a series of questions that ends up with me saying, you know. Maybe it's not something I have to do right now. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, uh, I struggle with the same thing. Um, I'm, uh, with my behavioral style, I, again, I'm verbal. I, I love people. I love communicating on the spot, um, things like that. And sometimes stuff will happen around me that, uh, one may initiate or instigate a fear from a previous event in life. Mm. Um, I saw X, Y, and Z happening at another place with another leader, with another friend and it, and it terminated or ended poorly. And now the similar thing is beginning to happen. And the first thing that happens is not a reasoning of different people, different time, different place, but rather an acknowledgement of the emotion that heightens my anxiety Mm -hmm. um, probably kicks up some of uh, my adrenaline and things like that. Um, And if I act on that moment, um, I can tell you for personally, when I have jumped on things that are that where I am emotional, almost every time I've made the wrong decision, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not exaggerating Or, or let me put an asterisk there, or it was the right decision, but the distribution method was wrong. Mm -hmm. Like someone has a headache and you're like, here, here's a Tylenol, right? So here's the right, the right cure for what they're doing. But I say, open your mouth, they open the mouth. And then I shoot it in there with a slingshot, (laughs) (laughs) you know, right, right remedy, wrong distribution. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes if I, my failures have come through, either I acted too quickly um, with the wrong information I didn't know, or number two, I, I, the way I, I distributed that information to them, the attitude, my tone, uh, directness, whatever, um, made it something they just couldn't swallow. And so both of them ended up to being messed up. So I, th- I think that to, to build the habit, which I believe I have to, to a greater or less degree, I'm more a greater degree, but it's building the habit of pause. Um, and I tell my clients, um, I tell everybody I talk to, if it's a good idea now, it'll be a good idea in two days. And if you've controlled your thoughts in those 48 hours, which means not dwelling on whatever just happened, um, then you're you're going to be able to evaluate it well, whether or not you're about to make a good decision or not. Most times it will be altered some way, either to not be said or done, or at least to be tempered or distributed in a manner in which it could be understood and received by the person that's there. And uh, that's important. You know, that's very important. Uh, to be able to do that.
1: When you're so upset about something, though, how do you not dwell on it?
0: Oh, my Lord. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is where I think having a good coach um, uh, can be helpful. Uh, coaching, I won't go into it, but coaching is, is dramatically different than therapy. Mm-hmm. And uh, But a good coach it can help you build a process that's specific to you on how to distract your mind. So just saying, don't think of, let's do do an experiment for yourself and and listeners right now. All right, everybody, I want you, I'm going to tell you not to think about something and I want you to not think about it. So I say, okay, ready, don't think about broccoli. So every time we go, all right, I'm not going to think about broccoli. We actually reinforce broccoli. I know it's, this is dumb. I get it. But the point being is that when we revisit it, um, it, it, it intensifies that particular emotion. So, so we have to have something else to go to to replace that position. That thought's holding a space in our mind. I need to have something else to go to to replace that. Um, now, for different people is different. Um, you know, Shannon, uh, one of the things she does, my wife is um, cleaning helps her to distract her thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, that would not work for me. Number one, I would be... Losing my mind cleaning um, <laughs> while I was thinking about that thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you have to find an activity, a thought, something else you can go to to replace that thought. Now, my favorite book tells me that you have to be able to do that. It doesn't say stop thinking on bad things. It says, as, as a result, though, instead of not just thinking, remember, not just stopping, but do these things. Think on the stuff that's good, think on truth, good reports, not gossip, things like that. Um, you're replacing. The negative with something good. Now it doesn't, it's not instant. No one, there's no genie here. It's going to blink and make it go away. It's just that as you build it, you become more competent at it, um, in, in replacing it. So I'm not going to dwell on it by replacing that thought. It also becomes easier, um, if I've, if I've put into me something that has the ability to replace it. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. So, so, you know, you get up every day or a lot of people get every day and few people are intentional about what they do in the day. Now they follow a habit, um, but it's not necessarily intentional or just going about it. And so if you can alter yourself to where when you get up, the first things you're doing in the morning is you are putting into you. Um, something positive in regards to growth in regards to how you think you're going to be more likely to be successful when other things come around. The foundation is what you can't get away from um, I, I think that's why we are told that our minds have to be renewed
1: mm-hmm. renewed
0: constantly addressed and renewed and and so how do I do that well I, i'm I'm putting things into me that that build up towards my vision I have a uh, a couple books that I go through. One of them is by John Maxwell called um, how great leaders think a little small book. And I probably read that 10 or 12 times. Um, I have a, a daily devotion that uh, is less about scripture, but more about a mindset in conjunction with the scripture. I use those at different times. Um, I don't turn on the news in the morning. I usually jump up and tell echo to kick up some Motown or something. for mm-hmm. me. Uh, You know, I'm, I'm going to create that. Uh, you say, well, Jim, I'm a I'm a single parent or I, I'm busy. Yeah, I, I understand that. And I'm not being flippant about it. Then then you've got to maybe get up 10 minutes earlier. F- find yep. a way to do that. Don't go to Facebook first. You want to you want to get junk. That's what you'll get. Yeah. But go ghost that can lift you. We own this piece. And that's what's important about that to, to start to push our thoughts aside and replace them with some new and better ways of thinking.
1: Yeah, it's so, I mean, that's so true. If I didn't have my daily morning routine, I would lose my mind. And on days that I don't do that routine, I feel it the rest of the day.
0: Absolutely. No, we have, I have a request in my house. So she and I have been married 32 years. It took us um, a a while to understand this. And and part of it was awareness, -awareness. self-awareness. But the request I have is uh, let's not have (laughs) conversations Uh, f- uh, until about thirty minutes or forty minutes after I've gotten up, Shannon mm-hmm. gets up before I do because she leaves the, uh, earlier than I. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, used to be I'd open my eyes and Shannon's been up for an hour, and yeah. then she had I mean, 11 billion thoughts everywhere from you know we're gonna get the dog's toenails ground to right. can, you, can you do this for me, and and dude, I've just gone.
1: You've just woken alive. up, yeah,
0: I, you know. Well, that almost always went poorly.
1: Oh yeah, I can't imagine. I mean- yeah, all of a sudden, <laughs> all these things rack up in your mind. If I have to do this, I have to do that, and you haven't even breathed yet.
0: No, well, oh, she's been up for an hour. Okay,
1: right. so for her, it's it's not. Well, it's like just
0: that. regular day, right? Yeah. So we had to come to an agreement with that, even in our home. And I can tell you, ninety nine percent of the time, that happens. Does that solve everything? No, but it's one less piece or chain to hold me captive to a negative thought because you know, it's probably not going to be about how much she loves me when I first wake up. It's going to be about the bills or about thoughts or plans or whatever. And I'm just not there. It leads us into conflict. Now I've begun my day with conflict. Mm -hmm. um, That just didn't have to happen. Right. Right. Um, So how I set myself up important. That's one way. That's one little thing we've done specific. So, um finding a way to distract that thought's gonna be really important.
1: That's so good. What are some final either tips maybe that we have talked about or haven't talked about that you would give to a person who's saying, I'm just struggling with controlling my thoughts. How do I do this?
0: That's cool. All right. Well, I, I wrote a couple down just um when I was thinking through this. And so the first thing I wrote down was um intentionally begin. Um, with the end in mind. Um, So if you're saying, I want to be a more positive person, I want to be a person who, when people look at, they say, wow, when I spoke to Kimberly, I was encouraged or I thought I was strengthened. Well, if that's the vision you have, remember, if you don't set in front of you a destination, any road will take you there. And so if you set a destination in mind, it's going to tell you a path to take. So I want to be encouraging. I want to be strong. So I'm going to intentionally begin my day with the end of what I want in mind. So that's why I might choose not to turn TV on stuff we've already talked about or incorporate other pieces into my life. Um, The second thing is have a happy place in the wings waiting for you. It might be a good memory. Uh, It might be a place to step out and you really like. Um, One of the things I enjoy when the weather is good here is to go out on my back porch and, you know, we've our backyard is I love our backyard. And to go out there, it's quiet in the neighborhood. I have a little waterfall by our pool. And I just quiet and that's one of the great things. And sometimes when I feel frustration coming on, I'll close my eyes and I go to this happy place for a minute. It's good to have a few of those, right? Um, That's important. Um, The third thing I'd say is be self-aware. You need to know what your vulnerabilities are and your prejudices are. And we all have those so that when our spouse or someone says something to us, we're aware that that's a trigger. That's something that could push me overboard. So if I was going to give an example of that real quick, uh, you know, uh, most of the people here don't know my background, although some will, but I have a very difficult childhood um, being raised and, and experiences and things like that. So uh, I still struggle with, but but greatly struggled with up till in my 40s with being abandoned. I'm going to be left um, because I'm invisible and I don't matter. Scores of things that contributed to that. Well, I'm aware of that. And, and when if I'm aware, I can beware. So if Shannon does something, uh, let's just talk about me and Shannon right now, but if Shannon does something that is completely innocent, it's just her perspective on on what life is. Um, if I'm not careful, I can make it personal. And that's another point to keep in mind. Not everything is personal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It just isn't, okay? Um, and, and so if, if we can can be... Aware of how we're, we're led or aware of our, our vulnerabilities, our mindset. If we can be aware that these are difficult times in the day for me, like maybe you work outside the house and right when you get home, um, you know, discussions start. Maybe you need the 30 minute time then for chill or whatever. Um, it's it's a compromise in negotiation to put you, put your mind in the right place. And that's one of the things that I will do. Uh, That's hard because you may not know them. And if you're going to know them, then to talk to a coach or if you could speak to your spouse or a good friend and not be defensive, um, you could hear uh, what maybe some of your vulnerabilities are because your friends will be able to tell you. We call it the blind side. You may not be able to see it. but Everybody else around you sees it. That is kind of something maybe goofy. You probably do it a lot and you're not aware of it. And uh, you can take a look look at things like that. Um, I'll give you the other ones real quick. I already said, remember, it's not personal. We talked earlier about an attitude of gratitude. When I was a kid, we used to sing a song um, in church. It was called Count Your Blessings. Hmm. And it just went, count your blessings, name them one by one. Um, and it said, you know, count your blessings and see what God has done. And so many times as humans, remember, I've said this before in other places, but we in the fifty to 70,000 thoughts you and I are going to think today, that seven out of 10 of those are going to be negative in their construction. So, so we're already predisposed to think somewhat negatively towards people, situations, circumstances. And then you couple that with my point of view. Um, that could be a remedy or a recipe rather for, for frustration and anger and disaster and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, so if we have an attitude of gratitude and begin to appreciate what we actually have, um, it can be, it can be mind transforming of being thankful for the little things that I have, that I'm a part of. Um, and that matters. I mean, right now, uh, if this is played a different time, you know, how many people are thankful they have toilet paper right now? Right. Yeah, because everybody went out during this pandemic and bought toilet paper. Nobody knows why, but you can't find any on a shelf. Who's ever, Who? I don't want to be weird, but you know, those that know me well know, I don't think right. I'm nuts. But but. But how many times before this, I'm 52 years old. I'm going to be 53. I've never gone in my bathroom and been like, God, thank you for toilet paper.
1: Right. That's- <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've, I've never thought about that one time. Uh, 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 but I have lately mm-hmm. you know, because of the need or whatever. And so I think that if we can find things, maybe you need a journal, write them down every once in a while, good things that would be helpful. And then the last thing is choose not to dwell. Uh, I saw a meme not too long ago that said, was it really a bad day or just five minutes you won't let go of? Yes. Huge. I fell there so many times. I think a lot of us do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you've got to move past that point, Kimberly. You've got to at some point just take from the great theologian from Disney's movie Ice and let it go. You've just got to <laughs> let it go. OK, you may not fix it now. Let it go. Otherwise, you're going to create a bigger problem out of it. I promise that.
1: All of this is something we will never achieve perfectly. It's something daily that, that we're working towards and being mindful of. And while mm-hmm. to some people they might hear that and think, then why even try? Like if I can't achieve it, if I can't do it. But to me, I think that's the great opportunity of it because every mm-hmm. day you're able to get 1% better, 3% better. It's something you're constantly doing to improve.
0: Oh, yeah. And if if someone just said that in their mind, Mm -hmm. why even try? You just made yourself a great example of how you haven't trained your mind to look at opportunity. Mm -hmm. Rather, you're looking at obstacles. That's good. Um, Because that slows us down um, Mm -hmm. in our thought process, right? Because that's our perception. Well, why even try? Um, That's perspective. Um, that's important. I know I've, we've probably gone longer than you want. I have one little thing I'd like to put there. That's I think is important that I didn't recognize till I hit my forties. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be somewhat of a suck it up buttercup type guy. Come on, you, you know what? I, you know where I came from. I'm not whining about it. Come on, you know. Mm-hmm. And of course, that won a lot of people over, <laughs> as my friends. Not sometimes um, we are in a a period of time, a season of time where we might need help. And I came from a background where any kind of medical assistance in your life and body was great unless it went towards your mind. Um, uh, I'm a person who struggles with mental health. Um, I struggle with depression and anxiety. I do take medication for it. And I'm not ashamed to say that any more than a diabetic would say they take insulin. It's something that's in my life. So I take an SSRI And occasionally I take an antidepressant depending on where things are. Now, it's not where my faith is. It's not where my hope is. It is something that just helps me be me. And so there may be a space of time or a general struggle you have in your life where you could get some medical help that will help you control how you think, especially if you're deficient in serotonin or something like that. And those SSRIs are powerful to help you, even if it's a temporary time. Um, to think a little more balanced. Instead of like this, you're more, right? you know, like that.
1: Right. That's so true. Nothing to be ashamed of mm-hmm. either. Mm-mm. And, and you stretch the imagination. Well, Jim, I loved our conversation. Yeah, me too. Sure, I'm going to invite you back because we talk about stuff all the time yeah. that we're like, we should be doing this as a podcast. Let's it do it. so valuable, at least to us it's valuable. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I I think it's great. Well, is there a place that people can follow you or connect with you that you would want to share?
0: Well, I have um in social media, of course I have my Instagram account that you could uh check me out on and, and I'll I can provide that for you guys uh if you want. If you put my name in Jim Porto. P-O-U-R-T-E-A. You're going to find me everywhere. Unfortunately, I can't hide from anything um, Mm -hmm. on Google. But uh, I'd love for you to follow me on Facebook, Instagram. Those are the two things that I do the most. And that would be Mm -hmm. great. Um, I put funny stuff, inspirational, um, to, to help people in that way. Um, and also through that, you can make some some connections. If you're looking for executive personal coaching, culture building, um, I do that stuff. My real heart though, is being able to work with, um, with, with marriage helper and help couples in conflict and crisis. Um, it's very valuable. Um, it's done major things in my life and, uh, we do a lot of stuff through there, but jump on social media, look me up, or if you guys have notes on this, they'll be able to hit a link or something
1: for that. Perfect. That's Awesome. Thank you, Jim. Here are my key pies takeaways from this interview with Jim Porto. The first one is this craft your environment to control your thoughts. Here's what that means. When you first wake up in the morning is when you are typically more open, your brain and your mind is more open and ready to fill itself with new things for that day. It's kind of it's time of being a clean slate. So really think about what are you going to fill it with in its most vulnerable hours? Are you going to go immediately and turn on the news and start getting stressed out and worried about all of the things happening? Are you going to open your Facebook or your Instagram or whatever social media and start seeing what all these other people might be doing and then you get jealous and or you feel like you don't have good enough things or you wish that you could be doing better or are you going to open your email and get absolutely and completely knocked off base because you are all of a sudden everything in front of you is telling you what you need to do that day and you haven't even had a chance to breathe. You may want to consider not doing these things and instead taking time to meditate, to read, to journal, to pray, whatever is going to set you up for success for the rest of your day. Which leads to number two, which is surrounding yourself with good things. So not only do you want to craft your calendar and your environment, in a way that's going to help you control your thoughts. But you also want to put those positive reinforcements of good things around you to where they're easily accessible. Maybe this is a card with some good wishes or nice words from a friend or a picture of a text message that meant a lot to you that's on your background or even just verses or quotes or mottos that you have around your house that keep you focused and keep you focused on good things. The third thing is find a friend. It can be very hard to just keep everything you're dealing with and thinking about and struggling with inside. Finding a friend who is going to listen to you and not make everything worse by feeding into your anxiety and negative thoughts, but will help you see the good things that will listen to you, make you feel heard, help you feel heard, and get you to focus on the positive things in life. Those are the key takeaways from today's episode. Friends, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Remember to go and subscribe to this podcast and leave an honest review. I love to hear from you guys. So be sure to go and do that. And it will also help more people find the podcast as well.